brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Here at Just Baseball, we have teamed up with BetMGM for the 2023 MLB season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use code JustBaseball, and you will get up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Step number one, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. Step number two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Step number three, you will receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. Call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,000 first bet offer today. Happy June, happy Friday. We've got a takeaway from each league. Jack, Peter, Aram, just baseball show on Friday, June 2nd. We've got one takeaway from the AL, one takeaway from the NL, and then we will run through the games to watch. We'll pick that winner rapid fire like we have done the last several Fridays. Just baseball show presented by BetMGM. Peter, give us the plug, man. What do we got? How can we make people money? Well, you can make money without doing anything. By wagering $10 on any MLB Moneyline on the King of Sportsbooks for BetMGM, you will get $100 in bonus bets once the bet is settled or $200 in bonus bets, depending on what state you're in. Regardless of what state you're in, you're getting bonus bets as long as you wager $10 on any MLB Moneyline. And the great thing is BetMGM is setting up the baseball people. And this is the Just Baseball Show because if you wager it on Nuggets Moneyline tonight or anything like that, Unfortunately, it won't work. It's all MLB. We're all MLB. And I'm excited to talk about our takeaways. But of course, on BetMGM, the King Sportsbooks, the code is JBFANS, and it's in the episode description. Nuggets uh, money line would also objectively be the wrong bet. Um, just, <laughs> a good just point. putting that out there. Heat so, money line. Aram, I went Nuggets in six because that Corgi on Twitter told me to. 
Oh, is that what that, that fucking asshole dog said? Nuggets and six, dude. I mean, you, Ethan Badowski wants to like punt the dog like Jack Black did in Anchorman. Like, if it was, if it was dog? like a, if it was a golden retriever or something, like Corgi. Like, I, I love dogs. Like, so, but that that's like the bottom of the spectrum of dog love for me. Like, right next to the, and I know this is personal, but right next to like the old crusty white dog. Like that's bottom of the barrel. I know Stewie. Stewie's an exception. Your Stewie is very sweet. Stewie's coming to the ballpark. Bark in the park tonight. My parents are coming. You're bringing down. Stewie. Stewie's going to the ballpark. He's going to be Good. the oldest dog there. Yeah, Good dog man. He won't. He won't hear a ball coming to him. He won't hear the crack of the bat. He won't see the crowd. Like nothing going on there. It's a good dog name, but um, terrible take. Corgis are great. I think Corgi? you're in that mode, right? Hold, pause. Corgi. Corgi. Oh, who cares? Don't be that guy. Corgi. Corgis are great. I think you're pissed off that the uh, they took the nuggets. If the Corgi took the heat, you'd be all over Corgis. I, I'd have one here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd, have a, I'd have a dog. I love it. Takeaways? Takeaways. You want to start or how should we do this? Yeah, I can start and we'll go, uh, we'll go clockwise. So it'll go me, then Aram, then Peter. We'll Sounds start American League. Um, here's what I've got for you in the American League. It has to do with the LA Angels. And you could say, Jack, what are you talking about? The Rays are the best team in baseball. Tampa or Texas has the best run differential in baseball. But I say, hold on, let's go to the LA Angels because I think that they are going to beat the buzzer in the courtship of Shohei Otani. Mm. And here's why I say that. They made a call up of Ben Joyce this weekend. They made another one a day before that. Sam Bachman was their first round pick a couple of years back. Bachman was a, I don't want to say failed starter, but he was an underwhelming starter after being taken top 10 and they just plug him into the bullpen. So right now this bullpen includes a guy that, I mean, was skyrocketed to the major leagues last year and Chase Silseth, who's back, Ben Joyce, who got skyrocketed to the major leagues and Sam Bachman, who has ascended to the major leagues and they're trying to figure out any which way to use him. Zach Neto, we know their first round pick last year was the shortstop at Campbell last year, skyrocketed to the major leagues. I think what Perry Manassian is doing at this point, and yes, they're only three games over 500, but they're three games over 500 while Reed Detmers has not lived up to his expectations at all in a big step up year. He hasn't even sustained. And Tyler Anderson cannot get any worse. No. If this pitching gets any better, bullpen's been good, man. Matt Moore's on the shelf with an oblique right now, but Moore's been great. Estevez has been awesome. Devensky's been pretty solid. And adding Joyce and Silseth and whatever Bachman can give you in that pen, this lineup is good enough. And the rotation, I'm I'm bouncing on a or I'm banking on a bounce back. I think the Angels are totally making their pitch to him. And even if they miss the wild card, I think Shohei can look at this roster and say, "Wow, when Logan Ohapi is back behind the dish, like that's a pretty complete lineup." I think that's a yeah. great takeaway. And just to add some context to those numbers that you were talking about about the lineup, uh, sixth in team OPS this season. The offense has been fantastic. And when we look at the bullpen, you're totally right because the Angels aren't really known for their bullpen, but there's been a lot of solid arms back there, and that's why they're eighth in relief pitcher ERA. The problem, of course, has been the starting rotation because you're not getting a ton of production from guys like Tyler Anderson, like you said, or Reed Detmers. 
But I think a slight concern, not really, was just the fact that a lot of these Angels starting pitchers were all left-handed. But a guy like Jaime Berea coming up and being really, really solid in that opener, of course, Otani's going to keep doing his thing. They're so deep in the starting rotation. So potentially, if they want to, they have the prospect capital and they have other younger arms that they can potentially deal off for a big-time starter at the deadline. You're kind of giving me that face a little bit. Yeah, I don't know about big-time starter. Like, I don't think they have the prospect capital for that. But I think that they could be put in a position where Perry Manassian, like, may pull a, you know, poor man's Preller-type move and decimate whatever prospect capital they have to go and get a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez. I know another lefty, but, like... But how expensive would Erod be, really, at this point? Like, no, don't the they have the prospect? can do it. Yeah, but they that's what I'm saying. Like, a top-flight guy with more than half a season of service. Yes, that's fair. I wonder who those starting pitchers would be. I guess the the market hasn't fully developed yet, but there might not even be that type of starting pitcher on the market. But of the starting pitchers they can, they can get, like an Erod, I think they do have the capability of doing it, and they have to at this point. It's now or never. And well, circling back to also kind of Jack's point about the the urgency. I, I think from like a from a farm system, from a prospect development standpoint, I can say that what they're doing with Sam Bachman, it's different than Ben Joyce because Ben Joyce was drafted to be a reliever and be fast tracked to the big leagues. Like that was always the plan. What they're doing with Sam Bachman, I, I think, is really telling in terms of how much urgency there is here with the Angels and in trying to convince Shohei Otani that they can win right now because you don't see teams really convert a first round pick a first round pick starting pitcher straight to the bullpen this quickly. You let him work through his shit. You let him try to figure it out. And then after three, four years of exhaustive efforts to try to get this guy to stick as a starter, then maybe you look at the reliever opportunity. But for him so far, this has really only been a year and a half, you know, really two years, I'd say he's been injured. So it's, it's only been about 23 starts in the minor leagues. And they're saying, Hey, you know what? This guy can help us in the bullpen right now. Let, let, let's bring him up. And and to me, that is exactly what Jack was saying. A team that is putting every single chip forward and saying, we're going to put our best foot forward, show show, hey, that you know this is a different era. There's no complacency here. And hopefully that'll be enough to, to get him to stay. I want Shohei to stay. I think it's better for baseball that way. I think the Angels fans deserve that. Um, but I agree. Like the, the urgency there is, is pretty interesting. I will say the one thing that the angels have going for them is their catching situation yeah logan ohapi's hurt but you know you, you feel really good about what you saw already that's a guy that's going to be your catcher for the next five to whatever however many years if you extend him edgar caro is one of the best catching prospects in baseball their system's thin but they have maybe one of the best trade chips in a singular prospect in edgar caro because normally you're not trading a switch hitting catcher who is one of the youngest players of the double a level but he's already on a fast track to the big leagues caro could be the you know, most quote unquote coveted prospect at the deadline. And that could get them anybody really like, unless it's a superstar starting pitcher, then they'd need to add to it. But Caro, it, that could unlock a lot of different options in terms of trades. With, with the con with the contract structure that Eduardo Rodriguez has, I think a straight flip of Erod for Edgar Caro, like shouldn't be out of the picture at all. I, I would almost Try so to get away with less. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that they could do it, though. They could outbid everybody with one prospect, with which one. is pretty crazy. Because I don't see 
Unless you have a crazy Yankee situation, you know, yeah, you could put Peraza in that conversation in terms of prospect pedigree. I'd put Caro ahead of him at this point, though. Like, if unless you have a very desperate team, I don't see a team out there being willing to part with a prospect much more intriguing than Edgar Caro. And I think the Angels would be, obviously. Well, and think about what they did last deadline, right? We know that Perry isn't scared of doing the one for one swap deal. He did it, Marsh for Ohapi. Like, he could very well do it again. That's a good yeah. point. And the only reason I was saying that maybe they could go for a big time starting pitcher is if like, let's say you package Edgar Caro and Reed Detmers for oh. potentially a Shane Bieber type. Like we're going real galaxy brain here, but that's what I'm saying. Like they have the capability of doing so. Will they? Probably not. Do they have the capability? Yes. So I think that's why they're in an interesting spot here. Hold your Bieber thoughts. Cause I think Aram wants to crucify me a little bit later. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, Another thing, just to wrap up on the Angels point, I would love to be a fly on the wall for Otani and Trout. They get done with the game, and maybe they're hanging out in the hotel and talking about the future of the Angels. Having fun. That would be the ultimate fly on the wall. Like, Can you think about a better conversation that you would want to sit in than those two talking about the future? No, I wonder if they. I wonder if it's like a don't don't talk about it kind of thing because they're all they're both so unsure like, yeah. of what's going to happen. Like they, they might just to. pretend it's never happening. Like the meteor's coming and you're just going to just not look up. They have to be chopping it up. I f- they have to be. So I feel like Otani could want to open up to Trout and be like, "Here's what I'm thinking," and Trout is the king of. Damn, that's crazy. Hope it all works <laughs> out. <laughs> nice, Yo, man. that's nuts. That's nuts. <laughs> that's wild, bro. Such a good point. It might just be boring. It might be Otani being like, you know, so great with his words. And then Trout's like, wow, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. I'm just, yeah. I have a 13 year deal. So I'm just going to keep oh, yeah. doing what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I hope you stay. Yeah. Nah, whatever. No, I'm sure he wants Otani to stay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's the one thing I'm sure he's going to like beg him every day. And once we get closer to that, to that time. Uh, but one thing that's very clear the Angels, they ain't trading him. Like that, he's, they're going to get either get the best they're getting for Otani if he leaves is a comp pick. And it should be the number one overall pick. <laughs> it should, like it should be legitimately the number one overall Caglione. pick. Compensation, but, this kid yeah. Caglione from Florida. They should just get Caglione. Literally, they should just get the, the two-way player from the University of Florida. What's your take? I made, a, I made a TikTok about uh, college baseball teams, like the top five going into regionals. And I said that Jack Caglione out of Florida is the best two-way player. And he just got haters in the comments like, yeah, he's a good hitter, but like he he has got a four ERA. The dude's throwing 95 on the mound with a four ERA and he has 27 home runs. He's not just a good hitter. He's going to go number one overall. So. He's like the hitter. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's I have no idea what the guy. No um, idea what people are talking about. Uh, my takeaway? Uh, arms takeaway. Arms takeaway. My takeaway. AL. So I'll be lame and talk about the best team in baseball right now, but I, I just wanted to talk about it through the lens of what they're potentially going to do here is, is, I don't know the last time we seen it. I tried to queue it up on StatHead, but it, like I was getting weird, weird feedback. I can compare it to last year, though. And the Rays right now lead Major League Baseball in home runs and stolen bases, which I think is absolutely insane. It's one thing to lead in home runs, another thing to lead in stolen bases. It's another thing to lead in both. And I think that's part of the reason why the Rays are so dynamic and so tough to beat right now is they can score in so many different ways. They are going to beat you with home runs, one swing of the bat, but they can also hit a single and steal a bag and drive in the run. The Rays are on pace for 288 home runs. Now that wouldn't beat what the twins did last year, 
but it's so which crazy <laughs> record setting. It's not quite record setting, but it would be among some of the best seasons we've seen. They're also on pace for 215 stolen bases for reference. And I know there's new rules that incentivize stolen bases, but for reference, the leaders in major league baseball last year for a team was the Texas Rangers with 128. So they are going to have more stolen bases than any team in baseball last year by the all-star break. That to me is absolutely insane. You have like a, and I'm going to dive further into this and tweet about it later. And if there's anybody listening that wants to do this, this dive and, and beat me to it, feel free. I would love to see that notification, but like we have 40, 40 seasons for, for players. I would love to see the last 200, 200 season for teams, 200 homers, 200 stolen bases. Who's the last team to do that? I guarantee it's been a long ass time. Uh, if ever, I, I don't even know if it's ever happened. Well, the impressive thing, too, is like they probably don't have a 30-30 capable guy. Like Wander Franco is not a 30-homer guy, right? He's got seven pumps so far. I mean, yeah. you, you shrug like I'm not. No, like I just out. don't want to doubt him. Like, yeah, I, like could, I, But yeah. yeah, I agree with you. But I don't I never say never with that, dude. Fair. Franco has 20 bags already. Josh Lowe has 11 homers and 13 bags. Like Lowe's not a 30-30 guy either. But the thing is, Maybe. they could have he might two. Be. Yeah, he might be. They could have two 20-20 guys, two 25-25 guys. But they could do this without a single 30-30 guy, which is yeah. really impressive. Like that well, just shows you how good the team is one through nine. Not to me, mention Randy. Yeah. Well, Randy's 11 and six. Uh, this home runs to stolen bases. I'll fly through it real quick. Randy, 11 and six. Luke Rayleigh, 10 and seven. Jose Siri, 10 and five. Taylor Walls, seven and 15. Brandon Lau, nine and three. And then Manny Margot, two and seven. Like it's everybody, like you're saying, Jack, like chipping in here, which is pretty absurd. Um, it's it's just a fun team, man. Like this, I think this is exactly what baseball envisioned yeah. when they, they wanted to change these rules is we still got the homers. But now we got a little bit more going on in between. And I think the Rays are really reaping the rewards, obviously, in the standings as well. Just don't forget about Francisco Mejia. He's got a homer and no bags, but he's getting hot. Okay. Yeah. Ready for mine? Mm-hmm. So my takeaway is, yeah, we give a lot of praise to the Rays, and deservedly so. Arm broke it down beautifully. But the Texas fucking Rangers have been – so incredible this year and have blown past any expectation I could have for them. When I, if you told me on June 2nd that these Texas Rangers would be second in OPS, I'd be like, that's a little crazy, but I can see where you're going with that. But then when you combine them being second in team OPS in all of the major leagues and second in team ERA, I would have told you you would be crazy. And the crazier part about all this is, is that they've done it without Jacob deGrom for most of the year. They are getting incredible production from every single little crevice on this team. Nathan Eovaldi has been one of, if not the best pitcher in the American League this season. Dane Dunning just continues to get outs regardless of if you believe in it or not. John Gray is sitting here as we sit today with a 2.81 ERA. He's figuring it out. Andrew Heaney is a little bit hit or miss, but he's like your five starter. And Martin Perez, I mean, talk about a guy who whenever he takes the mound, the Rangers win because they just give him all this run support. They can win 
in so many different ways, right? They can beat you in low-scoring games because they have the starting pitching. They can beat you in high-scoring games because they have the offense. And they play together as a team. There's no outs in this lineup. Like a guy like Leody Tavares is playing great in center field. Travis Jankowski? Who's that? He's doing fantastic. Even a guy that they got in Robbie Grossman doing his part. Jonah Heim has developed into one of the best catchers in baseball. Josh Young is up there with the AL Rookie of the Year leaders, and he just hits a home run, I feel like, every single time I turn on a Rangers game. Adolis Garcia leading the league in RBIs. Nathaniel Lowe just continues to be that silver slugger winner. And then when you have Corey Seager, who is one of the best shortstops in Major League Baseball, and Marcus Semien, who's one top 10 in war, there's no breaks here. There are a couple bullpen arms away from legitimizing this team as one of the best teams in baseball because that's the area of concern, but it's not a hole back there. I, I get a little bit nervous when the bullpen comes in. But most times when I'm watching Rangers games, they're up 10 to 5 anyway. They have just been fantastic, and it's so cool to see because they get a lot of shit for spending all this money. But it's great. They want to be competitive, and they absolutely are this year. There has been, I think, besides the Rays, no more fun team to watch this season than the Texas Rangers. I want to shower them with praise because they absolutely deserve it. The one thing I want to... I'm sorry, go ahead, Jack. No, the the one thing I want to add is the bullpen is the easiest thing to fix at the deadline in terms of moving personnel. If that's the problem, so be it. They can add, they can go to the Rockies and go get Jake Bird or Justin Lawrence or yeah, Lawrence, any of these guys. And no, just those guys are all getting extended. In. They're yeah, all a, getting five year deals. But yeah, a good point. I will say a, a team that I think is the best balance, you know, other than the Dodgers, maybe the Yankees, but a team that's up there in terms of best balance of current big league success and prospect capital to make a move, the Texas Strangers, man. Like they, their system is fantastic. Um, it's, it's deep. It's, got talent at the top and they've got several guys that I think they could move and not really feel Justin Foscue being one who's raking, you know, double a now triple a, I don't think they'd think twice about it, but that's a piece that a lot of teams middle, would be lining middle up infield, for. right? Yeah. Middle he can play infield. third. He could play second. Uh, like that's a really good bat. They, they've got guys that I think Jack lighter has looked fantastic. I think they wouldn't want to move him, but that's an option. Owen white is another pitching prospect who's been great. Like they've got a bunch of other dudes. Cole wins a change of scenery candidate who still carries some value. They could make a lot of different moves. And I think Chris Young's going to do it. And they're in a position now where they don't need to, you know, plug a bunch of different holes. You could go get the best reliever on the market. Uh, you could go get, you know, another starting pitcher. You can go do, do a lot of different things, but you look at the lineup to Peter's point, he, pretty much went through every single player on their active lineup. Like they don't need another bat. They don't really need anybody. They just need starting pitching. Maybe that looks good though. And I wouldn't mind one more starter and, and some bullpen arms. That's pretty easy to address at the deadline, especially when you got the prospect capital they've got. So yeah, shout out Chris Young. Hey, Hey, by the way, advisor to baseball ops and the Rangers organization right now. And like, he's, you know, this is year one, but I just found this out. I Googled last night. Dayton Moore is with the Rangers now. Oh shit. Yeah. He's an advisor to baseball. Ops. Good on the hitting side. Yeah. Uh, and also they don't have Mitch Garver. He's about to come back relatively soon. That's just yeah. another bat. Real quick on swap deals. Luis on hell gets you a lights out. Oh back yeah. The bullpen guy. Foscue gets you a lights out back of the bullpen guy. Like mm-hmm. moving those two in separate trades and a one for one deal can get you two setup men or like the top relievers. Team. Yeah. One of the top relievers on the market. Either of those guys could get you the top reliever on the market, I think. And, and they don't feel it to your guys' point. Yeah, yeah. They're surplus. Not, like 
where's where's Acuna going to play? <laughs> Tell me where. Like Seager's here for the next decade. Semyon's here for the next six years. Like where is Luis? Josh Hunter? Young ain't going anywhere. No, Nathaniel like, Lowe ain't going anywhere. Like, yeah. Even even the corners. Yeah. Where are they going to go? The the last thing I want to touch on with the Rangers, and this is a question for you guys because I haven't been following him. Kumar Rocker, what's been going on with him? Tommy John, out for the year. Yeah, unfortunately, and he looked pretty good, and then just got the TJ. What what should Rangers fans expect from kind of long term? What do you guys think? I think he's a reliever. Really? Personally, yeah. I that that was a weird pick. They save money. I get it, but. Yeah, why, I think he's a reliever. Why do you think he's a reliever? It's two pitches, iffy command, injury injury passed, the weird delivery. I, I I see fastball slider, high leverage reliever. Those are pretty good points. Yeah. I mean, yeah. listen, there were a lot of baseball fans that preferred Kumar to Lighter when they were both at Vandy. Why is Lighter a better starting pitcher option than Rocker? I think injuries have really kind of derailed him a little bit. You know, we saw I, Peter and I were at the start. Uh, that he made in the World Series, in the College World Series over in Omaha. And the, you know, we were right on the first base side, right, right above the dugout, which was cool. It was a really good vantage point. And he just, you could see him get fatigued in the mechanics breakdown. And it was really so interesting to monitor. And then a- a- ever since then, like, he's just, you see him continuing to tweak the mechanics. The stuff was just so up and down. Um, yeah, you have a little bit of command questions with Lighter, but I think he had similar command questions with Kumar. And the stuff is not really that far off and just too sporadic from Kumar. I think to set him up for success, it would be as a as a reliever who you could stretch to multi-innings. We'll see how they how they you know handle him when he comes back, though. But he's gonna be like 25 going on 26, I think. Like, yeah. don't you want to get him to the big leagues relatively quickly? Fastest yeah. ways by the bullpen. That was, it was so true when you said so true when you said that arm. I remember we were watching that start and you looked over at me and you're like, look at Kumar right now. And his come, it was like the fourth or fifth inning. Like spiking it wasn't that pitches. late in the game. Yeah. Spiking pitches, and he was getting away because the fastball was so great in college. But once it goes up to the upper levels, like you just can't get away with just throwing the fastball up in the zone. And it almost looked like he looked like a completely different pitcher in the first inning. I was like, this might be the best pitcher I've ever seen in college. Second inning, I'm like, he's a very good college pitcher. Third inning, I'm like, eh. Fourth inning, oh no! Like it went it by inning by inning. The fatigue wasn't there. I think you guys are pretty spot on with the reliever thing. I, It's hard to see him being really successful because guys with two pitches in the major leagues right now, they're few and far between, and your fastball needs to be a 70, 80-grade pitch, and you have to have a slider that's at least close to that. And correct me if I'm wrong, guys, I don't think he has either of those. Probably not. It's a plus fastball, above average Maybe plus slider, but he, he doesn't command it that well. It, it'll be interesting to see how he comes back. Uh, National League, my takeaway, the Dodgers need pitching help really badly. Mm. Yes, they are currently the division leader by a game over Arizona right now. The Dodgers are a postseason team. like that. There's no doubt in my mind. This offense by OPS is second in baseball. They are tied with Texas. They are only behind Tampa Bay. I have no worries about this offense because, again, they take – if water could spoil, that's what Jason Hayward was, and they turned him into wine. Like, it's incredible what they do with hitters. I have no worries. There are guys that are ripping through AAA ball right now for them, and they have a bunch of understudies there. Like, Michael Bush had a brief cameo in the big leagues. 
wasn't that successful, but like Bush is a bat if they need it. Johnny DeLuca, I think, is a bat if they need it. They've had a really down month from Outman. Hasn't mattered. No concerns about the lineup. But here's what I got for you. Strain City in the starting rotation. Michael Grove is coming off the IL, but he had a strain issue. Dustin May, Ryan Pepio, Julio Rios, all dealing with strains. May is a forearm. It looks more like months than it does weeks. Gavin Stone was really disappointing. This is a sad progression for Noah Syndergaard. I don't need to get any deeper into that. Bobby Miller's been good. So that gives you three healthy right now in Kershaw, in Gonsolin, and in Bobby Miller. Julio's working back. Andrew Friedman is going to be forced into a, a decision, I think, a little bit earlier than he wanted to be. Because again, Julio hits the open market after this year. Kershaw always floats retirement. Like, we don't know what that guy's going to do. He might just walk away. Like, that's what he's got to deal with. So here's where I think Aram may get at me. I think that they are the best position to go get Shane Bieber. <laughs> Obviously, they have one of the best farm systems in baseball. Cleveland has some glaring flaws. We saw the initial reports, you know, written about earlier this week about the Guardians maybe willing to move off Bieber. If anybody is going to put together the compilation of assets in the minor leagues that can sway the Guardians into moving their ace, it's the LA Dodgers. So, uh, like for for reference, where where were like the Bieber trade conversations coming from? Like, I think I I think I invented them. Did you? <laughs> I think I did. It's like, Remember, I, our, maybe... I went on the podcast last night. I was like, I kind of want to put it out of the ether with yeah. Bybee and Allen taking the next step up, McKenzie coming back, Quantrill, and then, of course, you know, they have other options too. Like, could Bieber be expendable wow. in a Pablo Lopez, Luis Arise type trade, or they could just go get Those back are just so Williams. hard to find. Like, I know. they're so hard to find. I, I, I could see them trading Bieber if they suck like blow and they're out of it and you know they want to just cash in on some prospects because they Which feel most good about likely the rotation. won't happen so I, like what trade is out there who is giving up a, a big league bat in the season during the the home stretch where everyone's looking to add who's giving up a big league bat for a pitcher like that's where i just i, I can't i can't see that because it's like what what team would do that it's so hard to find the Twins, they had to the, the the Marlins had to add on top of Pablo just to get them to do it in the offseason ahead of the year. And like, look how many infielders the Twins have. I like I just don't know what would be there. What could possibly be offered to the Guardians that helps them this year? I, I get it beyond, but this year to trade a Shane Bieber. So Heyman, Heyman, and like that might be on me. Heyman floated it on MLB Network, and he said that he's spoken with some insiders that believe that Shane Bieber could be on the move. So that's where I got it. And then, of course, you had a whole bunch of corresponding articles that were written off that. Forbes had a piece on, on Bieber possibly being on the move as well. And I think MLB.com put together a list of like possible landing spots for him. But how are you not going to credit my galaxy brain from a couple of days ago? Sorry. And Peter's galaxy brain floated the Thank idea you. of trading Shane Bieber. Thank you. Thank you. My thing is, I, I was also looking at this from the Cleveland perspective. Like, this is a very flawed lineup right now, right? Oh, for sure. So who's to say that they're still in it this year? That's you know that's I mean? the angle, though. Like, if they're not in it, trade them. Yeah. If they're not in it, move him. And I think that the Dodgers are there saying, hey, you want two arms from this Tulsa rotation? Got you. You want another bat that's big league ready? Got you. DeLuca, Frasso, Kyle Hurt for Shane Bieber? What are you saying? Ugh. That's gross. DeLuca, Emmett Sheehan. 
Nah, you're getting better. Cop. I want see. I, I'm gonna need one of Michael Bush, Andy Pahes. Like, I need an upper minors masher. Cool. We've learned there's no space for Bush. So give yeah. me Bush. Give me Sheehan. Give me who? Who else you want? Like, that's the thing. You you show them the platter and you say, pick three, maybe pick four for feeling. Generous. Well, how many is Bieber going to be a free agent? No, he's got one more year after this. He's yeah, off the so books. It's after gonna, 2024. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be eh. Yeah, you, you could pick a couple of those top 15 guys and, and get it done. So it's just, do the Guardians want to do that? Or could they just do it in the offseason? Obviously, the value will be slightly diminished. Um, the Marlins are an excellent example of that with how they handled the Pablo Lopez thing. Probably could have got, got more at the deadline. It ended up working out because the rise has been great. Um, so that is something that you run the risk of. But if you have a chance, you, you got to keep Bieber, I think. So it's going to be a really tough decision. And I think they're going to be probably going game by game once we get to July. But, but I, it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle that. And a couple things with like absolutely zero background information I've gotten from anywhere else. If the Guardians were going to extend Shane Bieber, don't you feel like they would have done it by now? Yeah, because I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. Now that you're seeing the depth that they have and Gavin Williams with a one seven and triple uh, and, and Logan Allen up and shoving Bybee, you know, since over the last year has turned in, went from like kind of a fifth round pick kind of guy to a three starter at the highest level. Yeah. I think they could, they, they, they're, it doesn't make sense for them to pay him given the holes that they have offensively. Are galaxy you brain time. Yeah. Gotcha. No, no, no. Just galaxy brain time. Miguel Vargas. Uh, I don't think the Dodgers would move him. I think they can do it without moving him, and I don't think they want to. If the Guardians say we need a major league ready bat right now, then you say we've got Michael Bush. Is he a major league ready bat that's going to impact? He's a major league ready bat, but he's not. He's not proven. And and the Guardians are going to be like, if we're trading you Shane Bieber and we're still trying to compete, which I assume they are because they have all this starting pitching depth. Could Vargas be the main piece? And maybe like, I'm not saying just Vargas for Bieber and then like cut it off. I'm saying a trade surrounding those pieces. So what do you do there? Do you move Jimenez to short if you're Cleveland? Like, why do you want Vargas? Because you've got a hundred million dollar second baseman and you've got the one sure thing in your lineup at third base. Vargas has also proved that he can play a bunch of different positions too. So if you need to move him potentially in the outfield, you can um, and we said it ourselves, like, how has Ahmed Rosario's glove been at shortstop? Like, I think you can be strategic with that. It's about just getting the bat and figuring that out later. And that's that would be tough. Yeah, I'm really tough for who? Tough for who? Because you- trying to shuffle around that infield, you have a struggling second baseman. You move him to short like that. That would be rough. Um, but why, why are we moving Jimenez to short? Why not just put Vargas in the outfield? Doesn't really play the outfield that much. Yeah. I mean, would you put him in left? You've got a gold glover in left and Quan. You can put him in right. You've got an outfield surplus. At the, like, that's the thing. The Guardians. But then the Guardians, then basically what we're saying is that the Guardians can't trade for a bat. No. And, and here's the thing. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm working back on myself right now because I'm saying, wait, they're set at a lot of spots, but the offense. But they're not. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're the not. Thing. They're not set at the spot. That's why I'm like, you got to do something. Like, but just get it. They're like, get... set at spots, but like, these guys aren't performing. I think you get Bush, slap him at first, and get a couple of great starting pitching prospects. But you got Naylor and Bell. They have too much middle middling type exactly. of player. Like too many middling type of players. But I, I would put Vargas in that same boat. Like he's not a game changer. Like Brian Rocchio, I think coming up could end up being better than Vargas. And he's in AAA hitting 340 right now. You really think so? 
Yes. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I just, that's, that's awesome for the guardians to hear that. Well, like in terms of what you're getting defensively, what you're getting stolen base wise, he's a little bit more dynamic. Like they're in a really tough spot, obviously, because we're here like running in circles, which is really fun. But like, It's it's like for me, it's either you dump him for prospects and, and kind of reshuffle when, when you're losing big time or you keep him. Like, I I just don't see how you're going to get a proven big league bat for Shane Bieber at the deadline. And I think that's what I think they're going to shop him. They'll listen. They'll they'll see what's out there. But ultimately, I, I don't see how anyone's going to say here, we'll give you an upgrade in right field right now for, for Shane Bieber. Like, who's doing that? I mean, Jason that's Hayward. why I think. <laughs> St. Louis. Say? Dodgers trade Jason Hayward for Shane Bieber. <laughs> the only one that could make sense is is like a uh, Tyler O'Neill plus. Yeah. Mm. That would make the most sense. But then again, John Mozeliak ain't going to do it. Of course not. John <laughs> yeah, Mozeliak so, would, hate yeah. that. He would hate But that. Tyler O'Neill plus prospects, a prospect or two, yeah. that would have my attention if I'm the Guardians. Because, sure. yeah, it's a flyer, but you got to take that flyer. That that could be a game changer for you. They need nukes. And what does Tyler yeah. O'Neill do when he's right? He hits nukes. It's nukes. I'd like that a lot. What about Max Muncy? No. <laughs> Next. Why would they trade the league leader in home runs? Yeah, they're not moving Muncy. <laughs> they need pitching. But just to further that point, even just going all the way back before we even discuss Shane Bieber at all, when you talked about the guys who are healthy right now, like Kershaw, what the Dodgers have proven is that moving later into the season, they start to kind of cap his innings because they want to get him ready for October. Tony Gonsolin is a guy who's healthy right now, but hasn't proved that he can stay healthy for even the remainder of the season. And then Bobby Miller, the other healthy guy right now, has made a couple of starts in the big leagues. So it's like even the starters that they have currently right now, you can't guarantee health. And then you look at every other pitcher is injured right now. So that that problem is huge. That's why we're trying to bring out the Galaxy brain. Yeah, so I'll say it's been really interesting to see the struggles of Stone, see the struggles of some of their other guys. And I think, you know, again, it's, it's just proving that if you expect – a pitching prospect to come up and instantly make an impact, you know, you might set yourself up for failure. That said, they can package several of those Tulsa guys and go get a bunch of different starting pitchers on the market. So, like, would you rather have Shane Bieber and have to trade from your starting lineup, or would you rather package a couple of your prospects that aren't going to make it up in the next year or two and just go get Erod um, and not subtract from your big league roster at all? And that's why most teams always trade prospects during the season. And the Dodgers have a trillion of them. So I'd expect them to kind of trade from there uh, to, to upgrade the rotation, but to circle back to Jack's point, And as Peter said, they got to do it. They definitely got to do it. Um, and, and I think they will, I think they'll consolidate. They have so many guys that are like, Ooh, he might come up and be good. If we start him like Frasso, uh, Pepe, Oates still in that conversation stone. You like Kyle hurt. Emmett Sheehan. There's so many that are dominating right now, Landon knack, but get the, get the sure thing. And I think that's what they're going to end up doing here. I, I'm interested to see who it'll be. That is the thing for me. The last thing before arms take away here. The thing for me is the Dodgers could approach a, a struggling Guardians team that it looks like they're out of contention and say, we want Bieber. And the Guardians come back and say, well, we want a big league bat. We don't want prospects. Yeah. And the Dodgers say, well, this isn't a normal prospect return. And they say, I don't want to see it. And then the Dodgers show them what they can offer. Like the Dodgers are the one team in baseball that can literally put together a package with zero big leaguers that the Guardians cannot refuse. Yeah. Hmm. They're up there. There's, yeah, maybe one or two others I could. Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I have one and it's similar in terms of my takeaway here. I think we're seeing, and I don't want to swear off the Phillies yet, but I think we're seeing early phases of the Phillies getting Dombrowski'd. And yes, they got to the World Series last year. They lost the World Series. We'll see if they get back to the playoffs this year. Again, I'm not going to swear them off. It was the same story last year. They were slow out of the gate, and then they really hit their stride. But this team is not getting younger. And potentially, the, the guy that they traded at the last deadline, Ben Brown, to the Cubs for David Robertson, would probably be one of their saving graces in the rotation right now. Sure, they've had some unfortunate circumstances. But to me, this rotation is looking like one of the more concerning of any team with any type of playoff aspirations. Aaron Nola, I think you got to start calling it what it is with Aaron Nola. Like, this is not the Aaron Nola that we saw, even, even in the, the early days of this podcast where it was like, is Aaron Nola elite or not? The underlying stats, the surface level stats, all of that stuff. He's just bad right now, like just yeah. bad. And even if the underlying stats are slightly better, great, 4-4 four, four, FIP. Great. His ex-fip is a low force. That's not what Aaron Nola needs to be for this rotation. Zach Wheeler has been better, but at the same time, if Zach Wheeler is giving you a 3-6 and Aaron Nola is giving you a 4-7 and you're the Phillies, you're in big yeah. trouble because those are the guys that are supposed to be carrying your rotation. Taiwan Walker looks cooked. Like, he looks brutal. I hope he settles in, but he looks really bad. Um, you're starting Bailey Falter. Ranger Suarez has been injured, and and I hope he can be healthy and and, and look like himself again, but since he's come back, it's just been shaky. And then you were hoping you were going to get something from Andrew Painter. He hasn't thrown yet this year with that with that partial tear in his UCL. I don't know what 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 to expect there. You hope maybe McAble could come up. He's got a five ERA. You're hoping that some of your other prospects could come up, like Griff McGarry. He's got a five ERA. So all of their prospects are struggling. Ben Brown would be the one guy that could have potentially come up and made an impact. He's gone. It's a really interesting spot because their system is not good. It's just simply not good. Their best players are hurt or their best prospect is hurt and Andrew Painter. And they don't have capital. Like they don't really have anything else to trade from to go make a move. Like, sure, you could trade Mick Abel or Griff McGarry. And there's plenty of teams that will have interest in those two pitching prospects. But that would make your system the single worst in Major League Baseball. We know that is not a deterrent for Dave Dombrowski. So maybe they do that. But. If they do that for a starter, this team still might not be good enough. And now your system is incredibly terrible and your team is a year older going into next year. They're in an interesting spot here. And I know Dombrowski is not just going to sit here and, and say, well, we'll roll with this team. I assume that he's going to go out and try to make more moves, but they don't have much left to trade from. And Dombrowski could leave this, this organization similar to the ways he left some others. You might get the ring. You might not. You might the best might be what you got, which was the World Series appearance, and you'll have nothing to show for it, system wise, and a lot of aging players who are probably overpaid. And I think the Phillies, uh, just to add on to your point about what possibly could Dombrowski do, what are you gonna do? Because you look at some of the starting pitchers in in the rotation, it's not like you're moving off them, you just need them to be better. You look at the offense, you made the big move for Trey Turner, and he's easily been one of the, maybe the most disappointing free agent signing among all of the big ones. So there's not a lot of areas where it's like this Phillies team was kind of a done thing, right? In the offseason, 
they were like, this is going to be the team moving forward. Like, you're not really moving off these guys. Like, are you moving off Cody Clemens at first? Right? Like, what are what is the plan here? Are you now trading Alec Bohm? Are you, you got Bryson Stott. Like, you got Brandon Marsh. Like, there isn't that move where you trade a Brandon Marsh. Like, you go get, you needed a center fielder, right? So you go get Brandon Marsh and trade Logan Ohapi. I mean, with all due respect, like, I prefer Logan Ohapi. Right. Yep. So to your point, a lot of these trades that he made are going to be worse for the Phillies in the long term. And now, right now, they're sitting with all those moves, and there's not a lot of these Dombrowski moves left to make. Yeah. So I agree with you. This is the basically finished product. You got all these relievers who are all very hit or miss. They have all great stuff. You traded Veerling and Maton for Gregory Soto. Like Dombrowski did all he could, and now they're just sitting there and again like ben brown that trade's gonna go down as a, as a as a bad one i know robertson got them to you know helped get them to the world series but um and he's been great now with with, with the mats which is the funny part um I, it's it's a really interesting spot because they could make a move or two like they have just enough capital to do so but again you're putting all the chips forward and if you don't win a world series this is if they trade mcgarry or abel this is the worst system in baseball. Yes. And that is a tough spot to be in. And the Andrew Painter injury really stinks because Painter would maybe be in the rotation and could be helping them at this point. But even then, like that's ambitious. The Marlins weren't banking on Yuri Perez. He's been a nice plus, but they didn't enter the year banking on him. Um, you, you can't do that. And I think the Phillies were kind of hoping, almost expecting Painter to come in and make an impact pretty early in the season. And of course, you can't game plan for injury, but he could have struggled. He could have struggled. He's a 19, 20 year old who's six, seven and had barely thrown that many innings in the, in the grand scheme in the minor league. So I think the offense is going to keep getting better, but I don't see much happening pitching wise. And, and I think that that's going to end up holding them back. And what Dombrowski does is either going to, I think it could set this franchise back if he continues to try to prop this team up because this team could prop itself up. There's enough talent. I don't think they need to go out and make other crazy moves. And I, I'm just very, I'm very curious to see how he approaches it. Comment two quick questions. Comment that opening uh, monologue from Aram on the Phillies was a bar. That was crazy. Um, <laughs> question number one, was there any team in baseball that banked on a rookie starting pitcher this year, aside from Baltimore and Grayson Rodriguez? I don't think so. Like Baltimore you- obviously had G-Rod in their thoughts, but like, Bryce Miller has been the best rookie pitcher in baseball. The Mariners were not banking on him at all. And even did the Orioles bank on G-Rod? He started in the minor leagues. I think they did. Like, I, I think like kind like, of. Yeah. I like the D-backs with Brandon fought a little bit. Like, but that's like, hurt them. Started Tony in the minors, too. shoved on, on Wednesday. Yeah, he looked dominant. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. think there's any other. Um, number three. I knew I had seen this 2023 free agent class from somewhere. Taiwan Walker got what? $70 million. James mm-hmm. Tyone got $70 million. I knew I had seen it. And I like, you know, I, it took an epiphany for it to come to me on July 7th, 2016. Bismack Biombo signed a four year, <laughs> $72 million deal with the Orlando magic on July 8th, 2016, 24 hours later, Timothy Mozgov? Timothy Mozgov yeah. signed a four-year, $64 million deal with the LA Lakers. Yeah. I knew I had seen this before. Yeah. 
That was Timothy the big Moskov NBA offseason. Moskov kind of looks like James Dyle a little bit. <laughs> Teensy bit. <laughs> Teensy bit. That, only... I mean, that, that, that offseason, I think it'll be similar to the way that this baseball offseason will be looked at because the, the, the amount of money that was just thrown around, I don't know if that'll quite be matched for that the caliber of player that was getting that kind of money. Price went up on Mozgov because of Bismack fucking Bionbo. <laughs> like price went up on Taiwan Walker because of Tyone. Yeah. The, o- the only issue with this, guys, is we did the same thing last year, but we have yet to see the Kyle Schwarber June where he hits like 30 home runs in a month. Yeah. And it's yeah. like the Phillies are a dangerous team to count out. They are because Definitely. you said it yourself, Arm, like they're in this position and it doesn't look great long term, but it's like if these guys roll, that's why it's so tough to actually ever have a take on the Phillies. They're one of the most inconsistent, crazy teams in Major League Baseball. They're, I mean, they're Dave Dombrowski's ultimate dream, right? Yeah. This is his this is his perfect formula. Like get all the talent and then they're going to start hitting at some point. They're going to start pitching at some point. And Zach Wheeler, like, I think the world of Zach Wheeler through the playoffs, I thought he was the arm. Like he was the guy to go to when he was living at 97 and 99 at the top of the zone. But there are days where he doesn't look fully healthy and he's 95 and then he gets crushed. Then he turns back an eight-inning shutout when he's at 98. It's almost impossible to know what his arm's going to look like. Aaron Nola, this is a contract year. Don't you think at some point he's going to start kicking it in gear? And it's no. I, I see you doing that. It's like you hope, but it's like we have no – that's why it's so hard to properly predict the Phillies. I think they are the hardest team in all of baseball to know what's going to happen. But I think what we can say confidently, it doesn't look great long term. No. That's what I'm kind of highlighting here because you look at the age of their guys too. Like JT Romito, 32, Trey Turner, 30, Kyle Schwarber, 30, Cassianos, 31, Bryce Harper, 30, Aaron Nola, 30, Zach Wheeler, 33, Tywan Walker, 30, Craig Kimbrell, 35. But like it, it's just it's an interesting, it's an interesting setup. That's why I think they got to push the chips forward. But man, that's gonna set you back even further uh in the next couple years. So I am very eagerly awaiting this Dombrowski deadline. I'm very eagerly awaiting this AJ Preller deadline. Um, it's going to be a fun one for the J.R. Smiths of GMs, to, to Jack likes to call them. That's yeah, Preller. Preller's reserve. I know, but I'd say Dombrowski's just about there, too. Yeah, fair. Outside of the Texas Rangers and the Tampa Bay Rays this season, my takeaway going into the National League, my favorite team to watch right now is the Arizona Diamondbacks. This is such a young, fun, and exciting team to watch that is taking advantage of the new rules, and they rank fourth in stolen bases, and they just, from up and down the lineup, like I was watching them last night with Tommy Henry against the Colorado Rockies. Like, yeah, the Rockies are kind of a little bit of a trash bag, but you saw it just all come together, I felt, in one game. Like, Paven Smith went, I think, three for three with two walks at the top of the order. Like, he's a 27-year-old who always had a good bat. Like, if he can provide that thump, that is huge for this team. Cattell Marte has bounced back this year and has looked much better. Corbin Carroll, I mean, I think this guy's going to win multiple MVPs. He's just my favorite player to watch. Like, he is at every side of the ball. The speed is unmatched. The glove in center field, he can get to any ball. The bat speed, the power that's involved. I mean, he is 
maybe the most exciting young player in the entire game. He's not even 23 yet. Christian Walker in that game against the Rockies hit one. It looked like 500 feet to straightaway center field. Lourdes Scurriel Jr. has been one of the best hitters in baseball to start the season so far. Josh Rojas is that guy who's kind of the utility man, and he's really struggled offensively this year, but he looks kind of hurt. And he's still a guy who's hitting sixth, seventh in your order is still a really good piece. Gabriel Moreno looks so athletic behind the plate and the bat tool. I mean, it's it's all world if we're talking about just catchers. Jake McCarthy starting to come back. Geraldo Perdomo is not even 24 yet and has been a good short sub option. So similar to the Rangers, it's a lineup that I feel doesn't really have any breaks. The only break right now is truly Josh Rojas, who it doesn't look like he's fully healthy. Then we go to the rotation. Gallon is he's just fantastic, right? Merrill Kelly just keeps doing his thing. If Tommy Henry Absolutely. could be that other piece, and then they have Brandon Fott, like they have guys coming up the pipe that you're that you get excited about. And there's not a lot of great names in this Diamondbacks bullpen, but they all kind of do their job. Like Andrew Chafin has been great in the back end. Miguel Castro has been great in the back end. They, they have now Austin Adams, who is kind of funky, and he's been good. Like, Kevin Ginkle's been good. And Dre Jamison is like that perfect swingman type. All of that to say is the Diamondbacks are a real contender. I look at the scope of the National League, and I say the Braves, and I say the Dodgers. And then who? My brain navigates towards these Arizona freaking Diamondbacks. I know that's crazy to say, but I implore you guys to tell me another team in the National League right now that you have way more confidence in than the Arizona Diamondbacks up to this point. Like You could say the Mets because they're going to be active at the deadline, and that's definitely a team where I could hear the argument, and the argument would probably be right. You expect the Cardinals to bounce back. I'm just still not impressed by the Brewers. You look at the National League West and the Padres, still waiting. The Giants aren't that good. No one in the National League Central. The, we just talked about the Phillies. Like, I look at this Diamondbacks team, and I'm like, not only are they the most underrated team in Major League Baseball, they're a top-10 team. I don't think any doubt about it. Yeah, I, I think they're they're a top-10 team. I, I don't know about... Like I, I have way more confidence in the Mets, at least in in a in a playoff setting, obviously. But I think even over the course of 162, I, I feel a bit better about the Mets. And that's fair. Like it's just you, you have I love this this Diamondbacks team. Obviously, we talked about them ahead of the year, how excited we were for them, and I think they've exceeded expectations. But you have Zach Gowan, you have Merrill Kelly, then who? Who do you trust? Tommy Henry Henry looked damn good last night. Nah, can't can't. He trust lowered his, his fifth to five point two one. Who are the guys Who, you're really trusting in the Mets rotation? In the Mets, like, rotation? everyone's got holes, right? Everyone's got holes. Not, not beyond yeah, the first two, two when you need four, right? Like you need four guys. I'm not saying the Diamondbacks are going to win the World Series, guys. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying of the National League right now, like who do we trust in the Cardinals rotation? Who do we trust in the Brewers rotation right now? I mean, look at Corbin Burns. Like, there's a lot of holes in a lot of these teams. That's what I'm saying. Like, when I look at the scope, I sometimes look at these other teams. I'm like, you have more issues right now than the Diamondbacks do. Yeah, you're you're listing off these quote-unquote contenders in the National League. And let me just tell you, Rocktober is going to hit you like a fucking freight train. Okay? But seriously, (laughs) seriously. Like, I think we can go through every team. Yeah, the Mets. Okay, that's fair. 
And like Scherzer has not been that good this year. And Verlander's been still very good. But again, I still trust those guys, of course. But I still really trust Zach Allen and I still really trust Mark Kelly. So then we get into the third and fourth and fifth guys. These teams have holes. But when I'm looking at a good bullpen for the Arizona Diamondbacks with a guy like Dre Jamison who can fill kind of those holes, get to the back end with some exciting arms, the Diamondbacks are not perfect. But neither is the National League. No, National League's pretty weak. I mean, I'm taking them, I'm taking them over the Giants, obviously. I'm taking them over the Padres right now. Um have to. The Brewers, yeah, the Brewers as well. Uh, yeah, I, I guess the one the one sticking point I have is, is just the Mets because I, I think the Mets are just a more complete ball club. But if the T-backs, there's another team. Like, how how do you want to approach this year? How serious are you? And, and I think that they, they've they got to smell it right now. They've got to go feel pretty it. good. And, and I'd like to see them go get somebody. I, I, I think, you know, you look at Jake McCarthy, you look at Alec Thomas. Those are two change of scenery candidates without a doubt. Uh, two guys that Jake are you know, McCarthy is getting kind of good. Starting to turn it on a little bit. He's exciting on the base paths. Yeah, he's been he's been good since he came back. So maybe you trade Alec Thomas. Yeah. Um, I I I would love to see them make a, an aggressive ish move. You don't have to compromise the future, but you can you can like Alec Thomas to me is is expendable. I don't know if his value will will ever be much lower, but it might not be much higher. So yeah, this might be an opportunity to to move off of him. Uh, but yeah, the, the lineup is is awesome. I, I take that lineup in terms of how dynamic it is, in terms of the ways that they can they can score with speed, power, a little bit of everything, bat to ball guys, like you said. Um, they're deep. I just would like to see a little bit more pitching there. That said, they're the most fun team I think to watch right now up there, outside of the you know the, the best 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 teams in baseball and. I think we're seeing that in the results. I was thinking Christian Walker is about to really start going nuts. Yeah. 782 OPS. He's better than that. He, he he's gonna he's gonna start going nuts. This guy will have 30 plus home runs again. I think he's been good, dude. Like he's got 12 pumps this year already. I know. 782 OPS though. I he'll be better. Um, they've got three outfield. They have one of the best outfields in minor league baseball right now. They've got three guys that are big league ready, and two of them. One of them don't doesn't really have prospect intrigue. One of them kind of has prospect intrigue, and one is Alec Thomas. So Alec Thomas, Dominic Fletcher, Dominic Canzone, Paradominics. I think each of those guys can like help you start a package to go get pitching help. I do. So okay, we have a good old fashioned bidding war now, though. Look how many teams are looking for pitching. I know it's going to be on 80 different teams. <laughs> I love the point, Peter, you make about the National League, because I think like this is a bad National League this year. It really is. It's terrible. It's I think it's terrible. Yeah. So like, Peter, yeah. That thought exercise walks you through it and you're like, damn, I don't really trust anybody. Because, dude, like you mentioned the Dodgers over the over the Diamondbacks in a heartbeat, but we just spent 15 minutes talking about the Dodgers flaws there. So like, yeah, it, the only like flawless, quote unquote, team is the Braves. And like they were running out Schuster and Dodd at the beginning of the year. And like, they just lost two out of three of the A's. No, of well, course, the that's just a like a hack of Yeah, they are a wagon. They are they are a slightly below average offensive team. I agree with you, Jack. Um, no, but yeah, I just I look at the I look at the National League and I say, I don't trust any of you motherfuckers. Yeah. I trust the Braves and I trust the Dodgers. So when I watch yeah, and the Marlins. I'm all the way in on the Marlins right now. Nick Fortis is a starting catcher in Fortez. Fortez, Jack. Is Are you Fortes? kidding? Sorry, Mr. Corgi. Yeah, exactly. We all make mistakes, Jack. 
We yeah. all make mistakes. I typically okay, so don't. can we like <laughs> yeah. we we found a way to not mention the the Marlins once in this podcast, which I generally support. And but we just did. Y- yeah, I have a question <laughs> for you guys to to wrap up. Like before we 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 fully wrap up on this episode, though. Like, how should you tell me? How should I feel about this Marlins team? Because you know how numb I am to any any minor success. They're not playing that great, but they're 29 and 27. And you just talked about how shit the National League is. And that's the biggest thing for me, because going into this year, it was almost like, why bother? You map it out in your head. Oh, like these are the teams that are going to win the division. These are all teams that will be ahead of them in the wild card. They've got no shot. Of course, that's why we play the games. You look now. And a lot of those teams that we thought, oh, for sure, they'll be in the wild card. They suck. Long season, plenty of time to go. But like we're talking about teams that should like, are they serious? Are they going to add? Are they going to subtract? The Marlins, they're going to try to add. I can tell you that because Kim, Kim Ang wants to keep her job. Yeah. Should they mortgage the future in terms of like, does this team have any chance at making the playoffs? So what did we say? I think Arma was you and me on a pod right before the season began. We were walking through the National League East and we said, Best case scenario, this team finishes in fourth. Worst case scenario, this team finishes in fourth. Yes. <laughs> That's not the case anymore at all. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy watching Marlins baseball right now. It's Shit, crazy. Says. Yeah, but like I kind of enjoy it right now. Obviously, there are some gaping holes that they need to address. Um, if they can find a somewhat upgraded short and a somewhat upgraded catcher, which I think they're both he, looking for, according to Craig Mish. So go after it, man. Like, I, I think if you smell blood in the water at those two positions, you can go trade some prospects for that. The reason why I brought this up is Jorge Soler is going to hit his way out like into free agency, basically, because yes. he has a player option for next year for $15 million. He will 1 million, or I, I think we will 100 million percent turn that down. Like, there, there's no doubt about it him turning down that player option. So do the Marlins trade him if they're four games back at the deadline, or are they looking to add and just recoup a comp pick for Jorge Soler when he, when they lose him in free agency? They're obviously not going to pay him. Like that's why this team is an interesting one too. Like what direction are they going? Here's my issue. I feel that the Marlins bats are pretty streaky like Brian De La Cruz goes through big big ups and big downs, and he's currently in the midst of a big up. Jorge Soler has been a guy that when he's healthy, he mashes, and he's been relatively healthy so far. Luis Arias was hitting 450, it seemed like, and not even seemed like he just was there for a couple of months. He's come back down to earth a little bit, still an amazing bat, still going to lead the league in batting average, but he's not going to continue this level, right? And I look at a lot more issues within the lineup. And I think to tie a bow on this Marlins conversation, I'm genuinely worried about Sandy. Are, are we officially worried about Sandy? I'm officially worried. It has now been two months, and there are telltale signs of what Sandy does best that he is not doing well this season. Yeah. Hay rate down, walk rate up, ground ball rate. What's the walks the are the puzzle? most puzzling. The yeah. walks are the most puzzling part. Hard hit rate. But like remember, all these stuff that Sandy does at such an elite level are all way worse than they were last year. But, and like but, Sandy at home against a struggling Marlin or struggling Padres offense, like you expect a great start. Pitched okay. 
right? Braxton Garrett bounce- shut them down the next day, like two exactly. days later. Like, what the exactly. hell? All these bounce back starts for Sandy aren't coming. And I didn't want to say anything in April because I was like, oh, he's going to be fine. He's Sandy. But then it was the middle of May. And I was like, all right, he hasn't done it yet. Then the end of May hasn't done yet. Now we're in June. It's like, where's these bounce back? I hear you. Devil's advocate. This unanimous Cy Young winner is playing poorly. And they're 29 and 27 without Jazz Chisholm. You know, so like, is there a world where this team is like, puts it together is kind of my question because it's actually a nine million dollar option for jorge soler he will decline that so fucking fast he might decline so it right fast now. yeah he's he's a a got 70 million. like that is crazy <laughs> so um my one thought on sandy is this guy a couple turns through the rotation last year i think it was first month of the season this guy led major league baseball in walks did he but, really? Yeah. I, he walked a lot of guys really early last year, and then he stopped walking anyone. In May, though, right? It's June. In April. Yeah, it's, definitely, it's definitely longer. Like, it's right just, oh, it's I guess way it's longer. prolonged. Yeah. yeah. What's I'll up? Pull up? the exact numbers. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. You are totally right. Jeez, Louise. Yep. Um, first month of first the season. seven starts. First seven starts. 19 walks. Told you. Yikes. And then he was just and then he stopped walking everybody. Yeah. But it's not just taking longer this time. It's taking longer this time for sure. And it's not just the walks. It's the hard hit rate. It's the worst ground ball rate. It's the lack of strikeouts. So it's like, yes, the walks were the issue, and then he fixed it, but it's not even about that. It's the stuff that he's throwing in the strike zone looks worse. That changeup that was his absolute bread and butter. I think opponents hit like negative 30 against it. I think the batting average was what, 140? I don't this think that's year, it's, possible. Yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah. This season, like look at the changeup data. It has not been nearly the pitch it was last year. So he has to go back to the sinker and the fastball and he's leaving in the middle of the zone and guys are hitting it. Yeah, he's definitely missing spots. It looks like I'm going to be doing a Sandy Alcantara dive on JustBaseball.com for Monday. What's wrong with Sandy? Yuri Prez has already passed him. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Rapid fire games of the weekend. You guys ready? Yes. Let's do it. Uh, Chris Bassett makes his return to Queens. Blue Jays, Mets. Bassett against Verlander. Who you got on Friday? Mm. What an old game. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, give me Jays. I got Jays. Bassett's going to shove it. I like the Jays, too. They've been incredible this month against right-handed pitching. Bassett revenge game. I like that narrative. Give me the Jays. Okay. In Arlington, Luis Castillo and the Mariners against John Gray, both sporting sub-threes. Mm. Mm. Fuck. Rangers can ambush Castillo. Give me the Rangers. But Castillo's look damn good lately. Holy shit. Give me the Mariners. Give me the Mariners. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. Um, in Houston, Shohei Otani against to be determined. Give me a pitching line for Otani in Houston on Friday. Mm. Wouldn't be shocked to see him struggle a little bit. You think? Uh, I I think I think Houston. this is a statement start for him. I think I think he bounces back a little bit. I think he's been rolling a little bit better lately. But I'm gonna go six innings, nine Ks. Two runs, two walks. Okay. So funny. That was what I meant by like struggling a little bit. It's just our definition of what Otani. Like I was like, yeah, probably six innings, two runs, seven Ks. Pitch is pretty good, but struggles a little bit. But that's Otani struggling a little bit. Yep. 
That's how good he is. All right, 940 in Arizona, Braves, Diamondbacks, Charlie Morton against Merrill Kelly on Friday night. Diamondbacks. Yeah, Diamondbacks. America's, Kelly. America's Merrill team. Kelly's him. The the Braves don't have someone like Corbin Carroll. No. <laughs> Acuna's pretty good, I guess. Yeah. 10-10, uh, <laughs> Yankees-Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. Luis Severino against Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, we might get pieced. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sevy looks good. Does look good. It's going to be a good game. I think Kershaw gives up a couple. You said it's in, in New York? In L.A. Oh, in L.A.? Yeah. Eh, give me give me the Dodgers on that one. Okay, last one on Friday. Baltimore in San Francisco. Dean Kramer, Logan Webb. What happens? San Fran's running hot, and they got their best arm on the bump. Give me, give me San Fran. I feel like that's one of those games where Dean Kramer goes six innings, nine hits, one and run, and the Orioles win. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. Yankees, Dodgers on Saturday. No, let's go Guardians, Twins. Logan Allen, Sonny Gray, 7-15 on Saturday night. Logan Allen's. I really think the Guardians are going to get on a roll here. Their offense was really starting to wake up. Back-to-back games where even that 12-8 to game against the Orioles – um, we're recording now on Thursday. Hopefully I'm right. I have the Guardians money line today uh, with Tanner Bybee taking on uh, Pablo Lopez um, as the dog. I think they're really going to start to turn it up offensively. I think the Guardians kind of roll in the series. Give me give me the Logan Allen-led fighting Cleveland Guardians. Okay. I think uh, you feel like you're starting to get your foot in, and then you run into Sonny Gray, and your offense stalls back out again. I'll go Twins. Two pitching lines to ask you about, and then we move to Sunday. Yuri Perez at home against the Oakland A's. <laughs> this is going to be his worst start of his career, I think. Yeah, I was just yep. about to say that. Like, he's looked so good at the A's for some Two reason. Two and a third. Rooker home run is going to go 460 off the Budweiser the sign. Worst. Yeah. 460 off the Budweiser sign on for, for Brent Rooker. Um, I still think he turns in a decent start. I don't think it's as good as you think. I think he goes five innings. Five hits, two runs, six Ks. Okay. Yeah. Similar. Spencer Strider in Arizona at 10-10 on Saturday night. Mm. Who's pitching for Arizona? Ryan Nelson. Oh, Braves are going to destroy. Ryan Nelson's. Braves should be minus 350 by our friends at BetMGM on that one. I cannot watch Ryan Nelson. Something's got to change. Something's got to change. That's their three. No, it's not their three. Tommy Henry's been better. He has been. He's been objectively better. Yeah, I, I agree, but I, I think those guys are kind of right in the same boat. I, I like Henry over Nelson, but I agree. It's not. It's nothing like crazy different. I just think I would prefer to have Henry. I'd prefer to have Jamison. I'd prefer to have Fod. I, I think Nelson is the sixth starter on this team. Interesting. All right. Sticking on this series on Sunday at 410, Mike Soroka in Arizona against Zach Gallen. D backs mm. pull that one out. Yeah, that's got I, that's gotta be the Braves, right? Soroka, the way his stuff was graded, like he's gotta be pinpoint. And I just don't know if he's pinpoint yet. I think he will be. I think he just needs to get a few starts under his belt. Um, I like the D backs. Tough one for guy. Tough matchup for Gallon, but it is. I think sneaky Soroka... over, sneaky over there. Diamondbacks pounce on right-handed pitching. 
Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the D back stealing one there. Or the, no, excuse me, sorry, the Braves stealing one from Gallon there. Okay. Hmm. Um, best pitching matchup of the weekend at two thirty five on Sunday to wrap. Bryce Miller in Arlington against Nathan Yavaldi. Mm. Rangers. Rangers. They can jump. Leagues on adjusting that to Bryce Miller. Leagues adjusting to Bryce Miller a little bit. I, I think. I think you're gonna start to see hitters with a bit more of a game plan against that fastball, uh, especially if they've seen him before. Yep. This feels like one of those games that Yavaldi is going to say, who do you think you are? I am to Bryce. <laughs> I mm-hmm. like that. So all right, that's it. So that'll do it for the just baseball show. Best way to support is to go get your just baseball merch. We're getting in time for the summer. Go get yourself an athletic long sleeve tee in our merch store or get yourself a just baseball hat. And of course we are brought to you by bet MGM, the king of sports books, all of those codes are in the episode description. And if you have a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. But the best way, again, to support without spending a dime is to rate and review this podcast five stars, whether it be on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. And if you're watching this on YouTube and you enjoyed, make sure to hit that comment button. Like, Let us know what you like and what you don't like. Hit that subscribe button and toss us a like. Jack, Aram, and I'm Peter. Thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you had a great weekend. Have a great weekend. And with that, thank you, everybody. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.